Today on Locked on Mizzou, I open the listener mailbag with questions about the Missouri wide receiver room and how it will shake out in 2022. Also, is LeBron James Jr. a possibility for Dennis Gates and company? Well, I'll answer these questions and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week starting on Monday. So you know what that means. Football is just around the corner and I couldn't be more excited about it. I got to be honest with you. And also I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. So you know what, with all that being said, let's just hop right into it. Let's just open up the mailbag. Hey, I feel like I need Paul Schaefer right now to play some kind of song for me. Letters. We've got letters. But know what, I'll, I'll spare you that for a second. Let's just get right into it. Again, Dave, listener Dave asks, he says, Missouri's receiver room is getting a ton of hype this offseason. How do you see the rotation playing out? Well, well number one is I look at I guess what you'd say is the top three positions, X, Y, Z, right? I'm looking at that Y position, the slot. Are we sure Dominic Lovett is best positioned to play in the slot? And here's why I ask that. I think he has all the skills in the world to play that position, a really good route runner. But to me, I think he's got the size and the ability to play on the outside. I'm less sure about that with Mookie Cooper. To me, there's a guy who's 5'8", 5'9" you know, 160 pounds, whatever he is, not the biggest guy in the world, he seems more suited to play inside than he does outside to me. Plus, you got Barrett Bannister coming back, a very sure-handed guy, an an excellent option on third down and five, crucial down type situation. So to me, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to play out other than I think week one, you're going to see Luther Burden's going to be one of those outside receivers, and I'd say Towski Dove will probably be the other one. Towski's been a really solid player for Missouri. He's got that veteran experience, but to be perfectly frank, I'd like to see maybe Dominic Lovett take some of those reps on the outside, at least to see what that looks like. At least let's try that out in fall camp because Missouri does have a decent amount of pure talent at receiver, if not a ton of experience outside of Dove and Bannister, but you know, to me, I would also consider playing some 10 personnel as well, meaning no tight ends on the field and four receivers, because as of right now, there isn't a lot of proven tight end production on the roster. I really liked Ryan Horstcamp coming out of, out of high school. Gavin McKay has, you know, flashed some ability during his football career, being able to make plays in the passing game. But right now, if nobody really emerges, I think you have to consider playing some more five, some, excuse me, some four receiver sets with run one running back, also known as 10 personnel, little gridiron glossary for you there, of course, or a view that just means one running back, zero tight ends. They make you do the math on receivers. 
And now let's move to the hardwood for our second question from Hayden Patterson, a commenter on YouTube. By the way, if you want to have your questions read in a future mailbag edition of this program, well, certainly you can comment on YouTube. Hit me up anywhere on social media at Locked on Mizzou or send me an email, LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com. But anyway, Hayden asks on YouTube, could you talk about the possibilities of Bronny James committing to Mizzou or if you think Coach Gates will pursue him? If so, would he be interested? Well, by the he there, I'm assuming you're meaning LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny James. And here's the thing about Bronny James. He's not his father, folks. That's for darn sure. Literally, we know this, but I just mean in terms of an actual prospect, he's just not that good. Now, if you if his name weren't LeBron James Jr., you'd probably be a lot more excited about him because as a player, he's a very impressive college prospect. According to Rivals.com, he's the 58th best player in the country. So guess what? If you're Missouri... Anytime you get a four-star player like that, a top 100 type guy, we're doing backflips. We're thrilled. He's rated about, just to give you an example, where Jeremiah Tillman was ranked coming out of high school. And obviously Tillman had a very good four-year career for Missouri. But at the same time, LeBron James Jr. is not a surefire NBA prospect at all. And yet all you're hearing from his dad is, boy, I'd really like to play with my son if that's possible, when he's 40 years old or something like that. That's a lot of pressure to put on the young man, but it sure seems like LeBron Jr. is taking it to heart because, well, long story short, right now there's no real indication that he's going to play college basketball because despite being, again, the 58th best player, according to rivals in the country, a really good college prospect that virtually any program in the country would be happy to have, well, It seems like he's going to the G League. It seems like he's going to be a G League Ignite player. Basically, we saw Jalen Green, if you follow NBA basketball a couple years ago. Instead of going to college, well, he played with the G League Ignite team, which is just an elite team of prospects, essentially, that have decided to forego college for whatever reason. So the thing is, if, if LeBron James Jr., if he was wanting to play college basketball, if he was taking recruitment, well, he's he's going to be a senior very, very soon here in about a month, and yet he's taken no real visits or anything like that. For a guy who's that solid of a college prospect, that's a pretty good indication he's not playing college basketball. So not only is he not an option for Missouri, he doesn't appear to be an, an option for anyone. And coming up, one of my listeners asks a very good hypothetical question that starts to get a little bit more painful the more I thought about it. So... Let's answer that question coming up, but first I want to tell you about our title sponsor, and that is LinkedIn Jobs, which, hey, now's the time to strike while the iron's hot, people. You want to hire some new people to your small business? Well, create a free post in minutes on LinkedInJobs.com to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 800 million folks. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to 
faster. Did you know every week nearly 400 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive back into the mailbag. This time, another basketball question. Listener Reggie asks, I assume you heard about Frank Haith being hired by Memphis to be on Penny Hardaway's staff. Well, here's a hypothetical question. Is it possible that Frank Haith is still here if Missouri beats Norfolk State? (laughs) Wow. Uh, I want to say yes, I do think it's possible that Frank Haith is still here if Missouri beats Norfolk State. Now, here's what I'm, I'm saying here. Obviously, if Missouri beats Norfolk State, goes on to the Final Four or something, then yeah, Frank Haith, real good chance he's certainly, if he's not still here, well, he'd have, he'd have been here for longer than three seasons, no doubt about that. But I'd say even more to the point. Let, let's go a little bit less than that. Let's say Missouri manages to squeak out a, a two-point victory against Norfolk, but then loses in the next round to either Florida or Virginia. I think Florida was was the opponent there. I know it was going to be one of the two. But regardless, say Missouri loses to a legit program there, one of the uh, that's won national championships in the last few years, that type of deal. Well, that's a whole different thing. And I think at the very least, if Missouri beats Norfolk State, Frank Haith gets that extension that he was searching for circa 2014 that he did not get. That obviously ultimately meant that Frank ended up taking a more secure job opportunity at the University of Tulsa. Well, again, here's the real point to me. It's harder to say 10 years later, would Frank Haith still be here? What is easy to say is, yeah, if Missouri beats Norfolk State, then I'm pretty darn sure. I'm saying like 85, 90% sure that Missouri never hires Kim Anderson. And that whole debacle, frankly, of an era never happens. So yeah, that is quite the hypothetical. So not only do you have in the small picture the absolutely devastating loss by one of the great Missouri basketball teams of all time, just a truly embarrassing loss in the first round of the tournament. But then you have, yeah, if Missouri wins that game, I actually truly believe it's much more likely than not that Frank Haith gets at least four years at Missouri, gets that extension. And if that's the case, no chance Kim Anderson is ever here because there was a just a moment in time there where it just so happened that Missouri was looking for a basketball coach right when Kim Anderson had happened to win a national championship down in Warrensburg. So Without those particular set of circumstances, even then it was it was a reach, obviously, especially with the benefit of hindsight. But, I mean, people on the Missouri beat were stunned when Missouri actually hired Kim Anderson. So even with the without the benefit of hindsight, it was a total reach. So yeah, those cataclysmic three years. Who knows? May, you could argue yes, the hay era was trending down. So who knows? Maybe it would have kept trending down. He only gets another year or two, ultimately gets fired. I still think it would have been better than what we got. So there's my answer. And now listener Pete asks, Hey, I know this is a Missouri basketball and football show, but did you notice that Tiana Omazich, the former volleyball player for the Tigers, got an NII deal 
with the World Wrestling Entertainment, the WWE. And well, yes, actually, I absolutely did notice that for a couple reasons. Number one, yes, while I don't talk a lot about volleyball or any of the quote-unquote non-revenue sports on this show, I, I have been following Tiano Mazich a little bit because, well, I, I just knew enough about her. Number one, just a couple of devastating, just heartbreaking knee injuries that she suffered during her time at Missouri. She's later, she's now currently at the University of Miami with the Hurricanes, by the way. It seems like, you know, just based on following her on social media, it seems like she's mostly just rehabbing right now. Not sure what her prospects are looking like for actually playing volleyball this season or not. But interestingly, WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment Organization, has sent out, suddenly they're starting to recruit at the college level much more. Now, as far as wrestlers having been former college athletes, well, that's nothing new. Dwayne Johnson, hey, I just mentioned the University of Miami. Well, Dwayne The Rock Johnson played football there. Your current WWE champion, Roman Reigns, played football at Georgia Tech. Lots of guys like Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle have been former college wrestlers, Olympic gold medalists, all that good stuff. So it actually makes all the sense in the world that WWE would take some pretty low-cost, low-risk, you know, just some some NI, just throw some money out there that's very low-cost and low-risk for what is a very rich company, obviously, on some young kids who are good athletes and obviously probably look the part as well. And that's sort of the, the unsaid part here with Tiano Mazet. She happens to be, at least in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people, a very attractive young lady. She also happens to be like six foot two, six foot three, something like that. So, hey, guess what? A lot of your supermodels are six feet tall and, and higher. So as long as WWE is a visual medium, well, guess what? Your looks, again, whether you're Dwayne Johnson or you're on the female side of things, your looks are going to matter quite a bit. So, hey, good for her on securing a little bit of money on the side. I think at the very least, whether she ends up or... I'm sure a lot of these people, including her, may not end up ever taking a bump in a wrestling ring, for instance. But here's what's going to happen for them. At the very least, for just the, again, a low cost for them as well, they maybe have to repost some stuff about WWE and talk nicely publicly about them, make some public appearances, that type of thing. What they're really going to get is a training in media relations here. You're going to learn how to talk to people not only professionally, but in a in a creative sense, you're going to get much more comfortable in front of the camera with PR, with all kinds of different stuff. Look, the WWE, no matter what you think about professional wrestling, is a gigantic entertainment machine that in the last few decades has become one of the biggest global brands there is out there. So you can be dismissive of it if you want, but I don't. again, I don't even have any indication whatsoever that Tiano Mazic, for instance, has any awareness of WWE. Maybe she's not a fan of the product at all, but good on her for taking a good opportunity. I just don't see any downside for her or anybody else, whether they ever actually get into a WWE ring or not. And coming up, a listener asked me about my sports video game experience, and I have an answer that might surprise you a little bit. Why I think that that experience had a lot more value than you might initially think. So let's talk about that after these quick messages. 
Well, I hope you've been enjoying this mailbag episode so far. I thought I'd finish it out with a little bit more of a personal question, not so much a Mizzou-related question. And listener Cooper asks, notice you posted a FIFA clip the other day on Twitter. What other games do you play? Well, for the uninitiated, FIFA, the shorthand there is for the FIFA soccer video game, which past few months or so I've actually gotten really into. Never been much of a soccer guy in my life, but I have been a big-time sports video game guy. Now, back in the day, I gamed on just about any type. Uh, I would play just about anything you could imagine. But these days, not so much time for anything other than sports video games. And boy, though, when I was in college, I just played the hell out of some NCAA 03, for instance. Yes, that's how long it's been, ladies and gentlemen. Gather round, an old man is talking. But seriously, though, that period of my college life just happened to coincide with, well, I had a bunch of free time for the first time in a long time. No more high school basketball, that type of thing. I had college, sure, but you know what? I could always grind out a couple hours per day, carve into my schedule to play some NCAA 03. It just happened to coincide with that's when online video games really, really got big. And my point here is, while on one hand, it feels like in retrospect, man, I kind of wasted some of my youth while playing these silly video games for, what, two hours a day, something like that, I said. That may be, uh, on some weekends, that's probably a, a fairly conservative estimate. But you know what? Especially in, one thing I figured out playing those games over and over again, especially in practice mode. Is something It crystallized something that I think I had figured out by playing high school basketball and just for all the, the experiences I'd had in my life for 20 years. And that's that if I concentrated on something and repeated it over and over again, that I could get good at almost anything. Because guess what? When I started off playing FIFA a couple months ago, I was terrible. I could barely even put the ball anywhere near the net on rookie difficulty. Well, now I'm five tiers up on difficulty. I now play the world-class AI, and I don't want to brag, but, well, you know, I'm a pretty good darn FIFA player at this point. And again, this is somebody who had never played the game ever, but hey, what do I do? I get in, I concentrate, and I practice. Well, here's the point. Who cares about video games, right? Just that re realization that I had in college gave me a lot of confidence to be able to try different things. For instance, hey, you're looking at it right now. I was not a broadcaster in college. I was a writer. I've never done broadcasting before. But a few years ago, after being a really huge podcast fan, I thought, you know what? If I just try this, learn some stuff, figure out how it works, and most importantly, just get my reps in. Do this over and over and over again. I might not ever be Mike Tirico or, or, or Al Michaels or something, but I'm definitely going to get better. There's no question about that. So to me, that is a really valuable lesson. And on top of that, it also took away a lot of fear, a lot of fear of failure. Made me embrace failure. You know at the beginning you're going to suck at something. If you're trying to work on your golf swing, guess what? You're going to duff a lot of them at first, maybe even for a few months or even a couple years. But eventually, there's no way that if you're doing something properly 
and you're doing it over and over again, eventually you're going to figure it out. So to me, that gave me the guts when I was 24 years old to move my happy self who had never lived anywhere outside of Boone County other than New York City for a couple months, moved all the way to Chicago, didn't know anybody, and was the youngest future trader on the floor in Chicago for a period of time there. Again, would I have done that without my video game experience, without knowing that without that really high level of of online competition, without me getting mad and then after a loss and then going back and figuring stuff out? Well, the point is, you know, whatever it is, whether it's you're trying to master a video game or you're trying to master a real sport, for instance, or you're trying to master an instrument, like say you're a cello player. Well, most cello players aren't going to wind up making a ton of money playing the cello, for instance. Most of them aren't Yo-Yo Ma. But you show me somebody who played the cello for 10 or 15 years and got pretty darn good at it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that person is more than just a cello player. That's somebody who has shown an ability to concentrate and to improve, to stick with something, and all that stuff. My point is, there's a lot more. Just get good at something. Get get passionate at something. If you are a young person out there, you're trying to find your way, trying to find something that you're interested in professionally or whatever it might be, I'm just telling you, what are you interested in right now? Well, get really good at it, and somehow that will end up teaching you the skills and give you the confidence that you need to move forward in life. I really, really believe that. So anyway, just to finish off the the back end of that question, what other games do I play? Well, obviously, NCAA football, when that comes back, I'm all about it. Madden, as you might guess. NBA 2K, used to be a really high-level player at that and gotten back into MLB The Show as well. Really, for a couple years there, wasn't playing a lot of video games. I have kids now, small business, lots of responsibilities. But you know what? With all this COVID stuff and just kind of how sports has gotten to be a little bit of a bummer at times, listen, I, I want to watch sports to escape and to just feel young again, right? That's why I love it. And occasionally we lose that in real sports these days. I'm not saying it's 100% gone, but. I do really think that's one reason I've started trending back toward the games a little bit. It's just all pure escapism, and that makes me feel young again. But you know what? Hopefully, you'll get to Furrow Field this fall, and we'll all feel young again together because I cannot wait for Missouri football. I know you feel the same way if you're listening to this. And the good news is, well, I might not have another podcast for you this week. We'll see. But come Monday, five days a week, right here on Locked On Mizzou. And you know what? You can get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen today. Every day, Chris Gordy and the local parade of Locked On experts take you across this conference in 30 minutes or less. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mizzou.